All right, everybody. Welcome to Hangout Talks. Uh, man, this season we have... I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. We have so much... I guess you can call it hustle. So much entrepreneurship that feel too as well. And, you know, just a new season that we are just in. And we want to expand. And we, we got here today in hanging out with On The Grind Shop Victory, the owner of it. And he's based out of Aurora, Colorado. Right? And this whole entrepreneurship, uh, the journey that he went through and we're excited to be hanging out with him today and bring somebody from Colorado again so without further ado let me I'm gonna have victory share us a little bit about his background when how did you start up like what what gave you the idea for starting the grind I started a while back because I always saw clothing that was just like it didn't make sense to me it was just didn't mean anything like I don't know if you remember back in the days like there was like dope and there was like like Supreme was really cracking back in the days and these uh, like obey. I'm like, what are you guys, you know, diamond? I'm like, that, that's dope. I'm like, like, what's the message behind it? And it just looked weird. And even though like it was selling, it was hype, but I just like, yo, it's not, it's not really doing much to the people. So I just wanted to do something that was, uh, that was motivating and affordable. Like I'm not trying to charge like $150 for a hoodie or anything. So kind of started back then. Didn't really know much what I was doing. And, you know, over time, I just saw the opportunity and went through it. But I really started doing it more because we did, we mainly did events before Corona. We didn't, we had clothing, but we didn't really focus on it that much. But now that Corona hit, all I can do is clothing. So I just kind of went all in with that. Yeah. So that's a little bit about it. Very cool, man. You mentioned a little bit about your, like your story, how everything started. Can you take us back a little bit more and talk about, you know, like, what's your story, man? Like, how did... What was your journey leading up to Grind? Well, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I came out here when I was like 15. And then when I went to college, I thought I was going to be a doctor. I'm like, yo, this ain't it. I'm not trying to be in school for like 10 years. So um, I went to business. I didn't know what I was going to do in business. I just studied that. And then um, I saw that Colorado's DJs, they weren't really diverse with their music. So I just became one on myself and I liked it and I picked it up and I know how to kind of hustle really and, you know, do what I do. And I asked a lot of people to help me, you know, do this and that. Nobody wants to really get thrown or anything. So uh, I just booked my own promoters. I booked my own venue and did everything. And then boom, it just kind of, you know, started picking up from there. And then from there, I just, uh, yeah, that's when I tried to close out because we made a little, you know, promotional group and clothing. And then from there, things really just started picking up left and right and, you know, growing and people reaching out. And, um, you know, you just got to learn how to, you can't just keep doing the same thing. So, you know, you're learning, you develop and just keep going. Yeah. So that's what's kind of led me up to here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to our listeners, if you hear typing, that's, uh, that's victory working. He's working while he's on this podcast. Well, we're all working. <laughs> he's always hustling on there. Uh, so with that, when you got to Colorado, like what challenges did you face? Like, I know there's, it has to be a few going up in this journey. Is this, you know, different than what everybody else would take? Um, like a lot of people might not see it, but I never experienced racism until I came to Colorado. It was crazy. Uh, and I just, I didn't feel right. Like every class I was in, like, like where I'm from, like, we don't, I really haven't met like a white person say like it was they were from France or they're like straight from there now, I came here it was cool it wasn't nothing but you know they just you feel the vibe like it just it wasn't comfortable everywhere I went 
it wasn't friendly faces, um, even though, you know, I wasn't doing anything wrong. So it was kind of hard to, to adapt with that because when we are on the basketball court over there, like, we're literally playing with a Jewish kid, a European kid, somebody from Jamaica, somebody from Puerto Rico. All at once, we never met anybody, no problems, never no racial things. Then I come over here and that kind of happened. And, um, I mean, it didn't really affect me that much, but it kind of did because it made me uncomfortable, even though you're doing the right thing. And um, I didn't really have much obstacles, but that people weren't, there wasn't any culture either. So that was, I, I guess culture is, is what you could say. You know, culture was a big deal for me. There wasn't really much. And whenever I kind of do my own thing, people look at me crazy. Now, now, 2020, people are, oh yeah, that's so dope, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like when back then they called people like African booty scratches. Now it's like, oh my gosh, your coach is, you know, like, like where was this energy 10 years ago? Why, why is it taking you now to kind of, you know, understand that? Maybe it was a timing thing. I don't know, but I didn't have that problem out there. I had it here, but now it's getting better, but you know, still not the best. So I'll say that was the biggest thing really. You know, I, I feel you there definitely. Like, I think especially with like more cultural stuff now that's going on and that's, everybody's seeing through cinema through mainstream that everybody's starting to have a little bit more respect for that culture now would you mm -hmm. think that that's definitely something that people you will see now learn to like yeah. now the world's so much more open and i don't know why they didn't make it before and now like yeah our voices are heard more but it's like why why does it take everybody to voice their hurt like are you just following what other people are doing or do you really actually you know respect other people's culture so i don't know what your terms are at the end of the day but i'm gonna keep doing what i've been doing regardless oh no for sure i respect that man would you say that in a way impacts the way you you know like taking your business for example we're going to grind now and djing i'm assuming at the same time is that how you kind of gives you that motivation to push forward with your businesses yeah because uh, you know like 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 where you guys are from where i'm from like we we can't america our parents came here for opportunity you know what to do. So every time I'm kind of going through a hard time, I, that's all I got to remember is why our parents bought us here in the first place and what they went through. So anytime I'm going through a hard spot, that's what kind of motivates me to keep going. And shifting to the grind shop, I, I know you started it because you've seen these other brands. You're like, man, that's not really given this meaning behind the brand or whatnot. Like what, what is grind to you? Because I know I saw your video and I know there's other DJs that are expressing and the other hustlers that are expressing like what grinds mean to them. But what is what does grind mean to you? Uh, really, to just to hustle and, and do it the right way. Like even if you like you hustling, you selling drugs, you're working at a store. It doesn't matter. Just just make sure you do it properly, the best you can, and um, you know handle your dignity, respect, and pride. That's respect, grind in an honorable way, basically is what it's all about and and just keep going and going into this did you before grind i know you you mentioned before when we were talking before this you had another position but then was this the grind shop your plan a b c d or did you have others or like you're like this is it i'm doing this it was b a was like really was really uh, events and um events and kind of like Promotion wise and uh, and DJing like kind of the music all together it was a right because I could do that and clothing was just really like when well, I really playing B it was just because I did music and like DJing and events and it kind of all tied in together and clothing kind of was just like it was like a second stream of income but at the same time it tied in with what I was doing 
So it's if you were to say, I would say my B, but it was kind of a part of what I was doing as well. I know CJ would mention, I need to hear your hustle story and how this all came about. And uh, we have a mutual friend, CJ, who's been on our episode twice in our uh, Hangout Talks, um, yeah. talking about his journey too as well. Um, but I, w- I want to know, both of us, Peter and I want to know a little bit about your hustle and how you got the grind shop to where it is today. Man, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> you, did, you didn't think I was going to throw that at you. <laughs> so just with the clothing in particular? Yeah, you know, mine is personally, I sold candy bars when I was a kid, bought and tried to flip it for more. Peter's very similar in that, but like diff- everybody has a different hustle that kind of just started that fire and then they kept going with it. I did this. I did. That's literally the same thing I did. That's that's what got me going. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> I sort of got. I was in fourth grade fundraising, and then um, so I was a kid and I worked for my dad's store when I was like eight years old, like from like you know like all the way until two in the morning, dealing with grown people. Um, so. You know, I kind of already knew how to deal with the basics. And then um, I guess what really made me realize, like, yo, I could really do this was um, what really kicked it off and really gave me that spark that this was meant for me was my senior year when I was in high school. Uh, you familiar with, like, DECA and FBLA, like, those marketing groups? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, so I was in DECA, and um, we had to fundraise for because I made it to state. We had to fundraise, like, well, we had to make $300. I'm like, yo, how am I supposed to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to have my parents for $300, like, to do this, like, which also I get a certificate, you know what I mean? Like, it's not really, like, if I was going opportunity and waiting some money or something, all right, cool, but I'm like, no. So they gave me an idea, like, yo, why don't you sell candy? I'm like, you guys have something I can tell? They're like, no, but, um, you know, you can do that. They're like, we'll let you do it, and we'll tell them what you do. I'm like, all right, cool. So um, I'm like, all right, you know, it brings back to my middle school days, and, um, I wasn't driven. I played sports in high school. And everybody already knew me anyway, so my perfect. So I was selling it, and I made. And then um, I feel I thought I made the money in like a week, and I went to my professor or my teacher to give it to him, and I, he's like, "Yo, you're fifteen dollars short." I was like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, "Yo, give me like ten minutes. I'll be right back." He's like, "What you mean?" I'm like, "Just give me ten minutes, you know." And it was like ten minutes. It was like ten fifteen minutes left of the lunchroom, so I just went around, you know, just asking random people, and uh, boom, boom, you know, so I made it in like. You know, came back and I'm like, oh, here you go. He's like, how'd you make it? I'm like, I just went and sold some more candy. He's like, what? He's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, this is nothing crazy. Like, and he just, from there, he just went around and just started telling people about, like, yo, this guy is boom. I'm like, yo, just selling candy. You know, anybody could do it. And I realized not a lot of people can. But what I did after that, though, after I gave him the money, I'm like, yo, I don't have a job. I don't have anything. I'm like, why don't I just keep doing this? You know, let that be my job. And then I was making like $40, $50 a day in high school in my senior year. I was 15 in my senior year. So I'm like, yo, this is a lot of money. And then from there, it kind of just one thing took to another. And then I learned about Craigslist and I started flipping stuff like buying cell phones before like you could do the insurance claims and steals. And then, um, you know, it was just little things like that, buying and selling stuff on uh, eBay and and things like that. And yeah, from there, it just kind of grew on me. I'm like, yo, this is, just got to really apply yourself and do the job and don't be scared. So that's kind of what really made me who I am today. Oh, that's very cool, man. Would you say that's like a motivation or like a key driving force for you to become kind of like that entrepreneur? Yes and no. Like that gave me okay. that gave me the realization that like, all right, business is, is where it's at for me, right? That's what made me switch from being a doctor to like, yo, I'm way better at business anyway. And 
well, really, well, really gay, if you really want to be an entrepreneur, you got to learn how to take no for an answer, right? Like, if you can't, like, this so ain't true. You don't get the door closed on you so many times. It's like an Easter egg hunt, right? So what, what really built me for this was, uh, for example, I worked at my first job out of high school was Walmart, and my parents were happy because it wasn't a cash job. It was legit on paper, whatever. I was making, they, when I went in, I, went, I was supposed to go in for a cashier position. They're like, no, we only have cart position. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? I look like, you know, pushing carts. Like, I don't care how young I'm, I'm not doing that, and it's hot. And I'm like, let me just, you have you have to have other position. I'm like, let me be a cashier. They're like, you know how to count money? I'm like, what you mean? You're like, yes, of course. So I did that. And then um, two, three weeks in, I got my first check working 40 hours a week. And I made like four, $300 after taxes. I'm like, yo, what is this? The latest paycheck? I'm like, no, I can make 50, 60 bucks in a day, like flipping something off crazy. That'll take me an hour. I'm like, this ain't it. I told my parents that. They're like, no, this is a job. You know you know how it is. Like, it's, it's good company. You can move up. I'm like, no, this ain't it. And I found a job on Craigslist where it's like, fill surveys. Every survey, fill. Door knocking. You'll get like two bucks. So I uh, so I, I, I did that. He's like, yeah. I called him. He's like, uh, I said I have a job. He's like, can you come in the next hour and try it out? And I'm like, I get off in 30 minutes. He's like, well, can you make it? And I was like, fuck it. You know, I went in there and I did it. It was literally just going door to door doing surveys or something. But there was a bigger thing behind that. I can go into depth on it later. And um, I, I got like 20 surveys done in like two hours. And he paid me 40 bucks on the spot. I was like, here you go. I'm like, it's that easy? He's like, yeah. I'm like, why isn't everybody doing it then? He's like, to be honest, I don't know. That's a great question. And I literally was like, so you doing this or what? So I quit my job the next day. And I started doing that. And shit got crazy uh, with the company. But eventually it turned from surveys to setting up appointments to sell. Uh, you know, it's not, it wasn't a vacuum. It was like a purifier, blah, blah, blah. And you know how many times people slam the door in your face and, and this and that? Like, that's what really built me and uh, and made me keep pushing because I was knocking door to door. I did that for a couple months. And you, it'll take you out of 100 doors to get those five. Like, we had a code of two appointments set. Because if you can set two appointments, you're good, right? That's that's your money. That's 100, 150 bucks. But, you know, after your 50th door, after two, three hours, a lot of people quit screaming in their face, dogs, like, you know. So I feel like that's what really made me who I am today. I did that for like a year. But I was making real good money and uh, getting a very good experience. I wasn't even doing it for the money at that point. I was just trying to build myself and learn what I could do. So that's that's what really made me who I am today. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's it's I, And I love that you brought that in the beginning as in getting that no, right? Some people, this yeah. is a hard path. And, you know, getting no is part of the game. You get more no's than you get yes. What would, let's say somebody's asking you, like, what can I do to be an entrepreneur? Like, what are, is, what would be your recommendation or what would be your advice for somebody that just like, hey, I want to be, hey, Victory, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like, what, how can I do it? First of all, you got to ask them, you know, what do you, why, you know, why is the question? And if they say like, well, you know, I just want the money. I see how you guys look cool. I'm like, all right, it's not for you. Then obviously you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like, I'm literally trying to build myself to a position where I can like, go back and, you know, help our community and back where we're from, you know, that's, but if you're doing it for this and that, like, you're going to fall off eventually because your, your core foundation isn't there. But um, if you really want to do it, I would say whatever it is you want to do, like, just do it. Like, a lot of people say, what can I do? No, nah, just, you already lost. Like, you should be doing already. That's not, that shouldn't be a question. Your question should be, how can I improve in such and such on, on this? If you're saying, how can I be it? Like, you already kind of lost, you know? 
So that's what I, that's my answer right there. No, that's very true. I think you hit it on, you know, the spot right there, just because everybody's kind of like, oh, I want to do it for a materialistic reason, right? Like they're just, they compare themselves with somebody else and they're like, hey, I want to be exactly like that person. And yeah. The reality why? is, yeah, your why isn't the same. You're actually becoming somebody that is not you. And from there, you just go down the spiral and then eventually you're going to get hit what we call the midlife crisis, right? When you're freaking out and you're wondering what's going on. But would you say like a lot of people have the wrong perception that like once they reach into this entrepreneurship level, if you will, like level 10, 100 or whatever it is, that they don't have to work a single day in their lives? Would you think that's, that's completely false? Or you- oh, hella false. Yeah. This, I think social media ruined that for everybody because they see social media, people living like this, that, but they don't know what happened behind the scenes. They, it's like those memes where you see like, the big glacier and everything underneath is like, you know, hard work and this and that. And then the tip of the glacier is what everybody sees. They don't see underneath the glacier. So it's all like smoke and mirrors for people. And, and that's the realization. Nobody wants to put in the work, but they want to they wanna act like they did the work. Uh, that's the problem today. Yeah. To give people an idea, how many hours a day do you work on average, man? Just to give people an idea. Because right now, as we're speaking, you're grinding away. Uh, I literally wake up at like four or five in the morning every day. Let's put it like this. I work until four or five in the morning until until the post office closed, which is six thirty, but sometimes another hour after that. But it is literally work the whole time. But I take I listen to what my mentor told me the other day. I'm like, yo, it's starting to get a little hectic. So I'm take one hour, just do whatever you want. So I take my hour and I play Call of Duty. Uh, that's what gives me releases my stress. So five to seven minus an hour, whatever that is every day, like, literally every day. Like there ain't no Sunday breaks, whatever. I, I'll take like a day break a month if I'm really stressed out, but yeah, but I like it. So it's not work to me. It's kind of like, it's cool. You know, it's dope. I'm, I'm moving how I'm going to move. No, exactly, man. It, would you say that's one of your favorite aspects of being an entrepreneur or there's others yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part is I'm not doing the same shit every day. Like, like when I was at T-Mobile, it was always phones in this, but was cool about it. There's always new phones and new new products and you know this and that. I'm not doing the same thing all the time. And it's different customers. You know, so that's what was dope about it. So but for me being entrepreneurs, all right, I'm I'm doing this event with, you know, so and so artists. All right. The next event is so and so artists that over here. The next event is R and B artists, you know, it's like it's fun because I'm doing different stuff in different places and, and different it's different. I like I like overcoming challenges, you know. So just doing different shit every day is dope. I can get a, like yesterday. I got a phone call like, "Yo, it's a new clothing store in Colorado Springs open. They want my stuff there, right?" So I don't know if the scene is there, but I want to learn it and see how it is. And it's dope that I'm connected with new people. So it's different every day. It's dope. That's that's what I like about it the most. No man, absolutely. And speaking of the business part, I know you mentioned there's a new store in Colorado Springs, but like, what has been your most satisfying moment in in business right now? Like, can you, can you go, like, satisfying in what way? Anything. Well, whatever you define it as. It could be monetary. It could be just, man, I, I got connected to so many people. that just Or just, it could be, like, I have seen so many people wear my shirt around, or I've seen that part. Like, what is satisfying to you? Like, what, what hits home for you? You're like, wow, this is great. Uh, damn, that's hard. Uh, uh. I know, I man. I'm giving big, you the tough questions. <laughs> I said the biggest thing really that hits is like when somebody messages me, they're like, yo, I just saw somebody wearing your stuff, so-and-so, you know, 
um, at that, I'm like, at first, it was dope, right? Now it's to the point, like, I don't mean to brag, but it's like every other day somebody's telling me that. I'm like, yeah, I know, like, this is it's supposed to happen, you know? But lately, when I'm in the mall now, like, there was probably one week where every time when I was at the mall, I've seen at least two people wearing either a mask or a shirt walking around. And they don't even know who I am. And it's like, for a week straight, I've seen it every day. And that's when I was like, yo, like, I can, this is, this is nuts. Like, I feel like this is crazy. Like, it's perfect because I don't want people to know who I am. I just want the brand. I don't want, I don't want that recognition towards myself. Like, I just want people to understand it and, and get what's going on. So that's probably the most satisfying part for me, too. And being able to give my stuff to to bigger artists, too, that's that's pretty dope. When I give it to them, they actually really like it and wear it and, like, send me the pictures. That's probably the best part because that kind of gave me my realization that, yo, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty dope at what the fuck I do. So, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, man. Like, I, it's it's a great satisfaction. Trent and I understand because sometimes doing the podcast, we would be at the gym, for example. Or for me, I would meet someone at the gym. They'd be like, hey, yo, like, we heard your podcast. And we're like, oh, that's sick. I don't know who you are, but right. thanks. Like, you're, right. they'd recognize my voice or, like, seen me somehow or saw me on social media. I'm like, hey, thank you. And we, we both were like, damn, that's exactly. exciting. But, like, that reminds me of when we were talking is there like a, a pattern or formula for becoming a successful entrepreneur, would you say, or not, not really? Define successful. Successful, it could be anything, man. It's, it's, this is for you. Like, how would you define like now You talk seeing... about everyday successful, long-term successful, yearly, like just being able to, you know. Let's, let's put it like long-term and day-to-day. How about that? Day-to-day, being able to do what I want when I want. But obviously, you got to take care of your responsibilities because if you don't and you're not consistent, you fall out of that pattern and you got to start all over again. So I'm at the moment where I got to be consistent so, and do what I want, literally, but and make my money work for itself. So uh, I got that part down daily, which is dope. It's like whatever work, whatever work I'm putting in today is what I'm going to get out. If I post this many ads, work as many ads, like you know, whatever I'm doing in is the amount I get out. My final help back home, help my community, being able to get access to what they need, you know? And just, you know, like, hopefully, you know, let's not, you know, put it out there, but if this, whatever they deposit in my account was real, and, you know, it's good, then, you know, I want to be able to do stuff like that. And, um, you know, help people who are in need, and, uh, you know, scholarships, grants, you know, build hospitals, stuff like that. Oh, that's very cool, man. Would you say that goes hugely into the values of what you, the grind works for as well, or? Oh yeah, definitely, awesome. definitely. I'm not doing this just because I want you yeah, the reputation money. Like, no, you gotta have an end goal. Yeah. And when you pass away, like, what are you gonna leave behind? Mm-hmm. No, that's very. Gone, true, man. He was a good guy. All right, you know, move on. Like, no, nah, I want stuff to be there for people. And man, much respect. I saw you donated a portion of your proceeds of the victory line to Nipsey Hussle's Victor Ninety Community Center. Uh, yeah. that was part of your video too, as well. So much respect to that. And you're not just saying it, like you, you did it, right? Like the, there is some that those values of, well, we want to get back to the community, but there are some that haven't done so, but you, you actually did it. And that's what we value on this podcast too as well. People are stick to what they say and demonstrate it by their actions. Um, exactly. And then going through this process, I guess, just kind of tying it in and like, do you, what is your greatest fear? Do you, or do you, do you have any? Nope. I, my life changed last year when I read when I just really started to re- read like a lot of different books and this and that and um I just realized bro like as long as you put your trust in God like 
you realize like literally everybody's the same. Everybody's created equal. Why should I be scared of you if we got the same blood and everything, you know? So except the only thing I'm scared of is heights. That's it. Heights and clowns. But other than that, no. I got no, I'm not scared of <laughs> I, I know, well, dude. I, you, I, yeah. Yes. I, I totally. I, I don't like heights either. I went to the Royal Gorge. Yeah. I didn't get off that golf cart when we were riding across. I didn't want to get off and walk on those boards. I, I was done. No, no, no. We're going. Keep you going know what I'm saying? Ahead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't relate, but clowns, <laughs> they remind me of dolls. So. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it's, it's funny because we, we brought that subject up when we're, we don't, we don't care if we get somebody told us no, or we don't care to be in that uncomfortable situation. But when you, and then there's the other stuff that we're like, no, 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 we're not doing that. I'm not drinking that. I, I can't do that. Or I'm, I'm afraid right. of heights or something like that. And it's just pretty funny in that sense. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird, but everybody got something, you know? Oh, yeah. No, that's very true, man. So true. And then question for me, like I, looking at your clothing brand, it's, it's amazing. Like what you've done, what would you say is like the hardest thing, like to build a clothing brand is like just starting from, is it in the production that's hard or design that's hard or what do you feel is like the hardest thing? Everything, man. To this day, when I did my shirts to other people, nobody got it right because to them, you're just another job. So it could be, and I'm very like, uh, if, if I'll give an example, if this was literally 0.3 inches up, I'm throwing it away. Like it gotta be right. Perfect. Where it's doing everything. And um, a lot of people don't care, even if you give them the right directions, because they're just doing their job, sending to this, they don't care. Um, so the hardest part really is, let's say you get your brand up, right? You do it, boom. A lot of people do their brand, I would say 90% of them, just because they want recognition and they want to make some money, but they don't even know it's 90% business and 10%, you know, like your artistic skills and whatever. So when they do it, they're clothing and send it out, and they realize they don't get the support they want, because everybody say, yeah, do this, do that. And then as soon as you come out with it, nobody supports you. So now you're back in, you're crying, you're complaining. Then, all right, now the second part is you go a little bit harder. You're, like, trying to, you know, shop. You're selling it at your car whatever. Then after, like, a couple months, a year, two years, they realize, yo, this ain't it for them. And, you know, a lot of other things come into factor. Like, you know, again, like I said, like, they, so they get their clothes printed. It didn't print out right. Or they try to do the website. Now the website's not working properly. Um, they try to do the email this, that. It's not working properly. So all these things affect people. And, and they don't know what to do. So clothing, everything has to, it's really everything um, that comes into play. It's really hard. And you got to, you know, move with the times. And if you can't keep up with the times, like you're going to fail. And getting your clothes made right and quality is the biggest thing. Because a lot of people just, when they start, they get the cheapest shit. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's what I did too. But, you know, is it a hobby for you or are you really trying to do this at the end of the day? So you- I would say the hardest part is, is really everything. But mainly... Yeah, getting your stuff done and getting it done the right way, you know? Yeah. You bring up that. a good point with like the quality too. Like what, how, how can you tell a quality shirt? Cause there's so many different shirts out there. Like what's a good tip for you to say like this Man, is a quality shirt? To be real, bro, I, uh, I bought like $300 when I first started and like doing my own stuff. I bought like $300 worth of different, every single kind of shirt and thing that you could find, like everything. Just so I could, I'm the type of person, I need to feel it myself. I'm not just going to go based on what somebody else said. And I think it's been like, what, eight months now? But I finally got it down to science. Um, it depends on what, how you feel and what you want, basically, at the end of the day, right? Like, my, all my shirts are made out of next level. Why? Because it's, it's ring spun cotton. So when you hear that, that's really good. Because one, you can stretch it as much as you want. Well, obviously, don't do it as much. But like, it won't 
you know, wrinkle. It won't, you know, tear. Or it, it feels like a jersey. It's actually made a jersey fabric, too. And then two, it's true to size. So, like, when you see small, it's actually small. It's not a little bit bigger or smaller. And when you wash it, it'll wash fine. It won't shrink. It upholds everything. And it feels real. It's real smooth and nice. Um, it's not too heavy like the Gildens are, but um, it's smooth. But anyway, like, if you're going to wear a shirt and it's wintertime, you probably wear something over anyway. So that's why, you know what I mean? Like, I go like that. And then hoodies, you know, it all depends on how you want your customer to feel. I want people to feel real comfortable, but I want them to feel cozy. So, like, I do a... I do a mix uh, of cotton and polyester, you know, versus other people do 100% cotton because it's just cheaper. But did you wash your stuff? Did you know how it is? Like, did you do your test? Like, I t- I did everything. Like, I tested out the colors, the the prints, how many seconds, like, you know, do I press 10 seconds? What kind of paint works? You know what I mean? All those variables. So, and I finally got it down to science really just by testing it. I don't really, I go off what other people said, but like a lot of people do it their own way. So, yeah, it's just you just gotta really know what you want to do and just do it. You know, funny story. Uh, CJ, uh, he was wearing one of your shirts. It was a camo grind. Right? It was a camo nice. black and gray. Uh, and yeah. he was wearing it. I was like, "Hey man, how how's that shirt feel?" He's like, "Man, it feels great." And I was like, "Let me feel it real quick." So I was feeling his uh, shirt. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, sweet." And then I was like, "Hey Peter, you should feel this too." And then. Every, we have like 10 people at the dinner table, all spread out, of course. Yeah. But then where everybody started <laughs> feeling CJ's shirt. We're like, oh, okay. I like this, man. Okay, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was fun. It, it, we, uh, and you speak truth to that. And That and, shirt actually is a different brand. That was not the next level brand. That one was ah. like a camel, so it's like it's not as soft and nice. Those yeah. ones are way softer. When, that one's like a little bit rougher, but it's not, it's not bad. But it's, it's pretty dope. Yeah, any like solid color shirts, feel feel that, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Then I'm glad that you bring up a good point that you tested everything too, like because I think that's what a lot of people don't do is they don't test anything. They're just like, hey, I'm going to trust this manufacturer that they have good fabrics and they just print <laughs> just to get it out, but they don't yeah. spend the time to test it on themselves or test it on other people. It doesn't matter exactly. when you start or when you launch, as long as you as lo- sorry, as long as you launch a great product everything follows yep yeah you're right man it's like i don't know if you've seen the new tracksuits or uh, no it's just regular tracks that i had that shit took me a year to make like i got samples i got like four different samples man every single time was something i didn't like it was this is this you know but once i got it out, i was like boom like it money like i sold out 100 of them in like 10 days you know but yeah, awesome. i got it right and you touched on this before, uh, building that customer base, right? When you say when you're at the mall, you don't want to be working. You want to be talking to customers. You want to be talking, building a relationship. Um, and for somebody that's building up, like what would you be advice would be for that part, building a successful customer base? You got to know who, who your target market is, right? Like it's like market research. Like are you targeting moms who likes cats, you know, because you got a cat clothing brand? Are you targeting like for example this originate right like their messages do what defines you right with the panda that's dope i love it like who is your target if you see this right like when i say this i already know like define who you are it's like defining creatives uh you know people who are on a journey of self-confidence and uh but they want to express themselves right like you can kind of already tell that so you got to know your age this and that and just just do your research right and then after that after you did after you did that, then just kind of uh, build your email sequence, and if you can, the text sequence, and um, 
and then you'll see from there. Then just really do your research, honestly. You know, your, your social media will tell you everything you need to know. Analytics, man. Yeah, numbers, numbers, numbers. Oh, no, that's very true, man. Like a lot of people, um, for example, in my field, uh, marketing-wise, when, when I work with them, that's the first thing I see. That's the problem. They don't know who their market is. They'll give you a really broad answer to like everybody. Or all the, <laughs> like, and you're like, it's not everybody. You, you know, like it's, yeah. you, you think, a lot of people think like, hey, I love this. I think you would like it, but reality is it's the people who you're listening to, right? The people you're selling to that is going to tell you what you should print or what you should make at the end of the day, what they, they like. And then, um, yeah, like uh, speaking of like just business and building and stuff, what do you, was it hard to start raising funds for your business or you don't mind sharing a little bit of that? Like, how is it? To I mean, I was that good, funding? Right? I had, you know, I was DJing every week, sometimes twice a week. I had my events. And I was working at T-Mobile too, so I was like, I was cool. I just, every money that I got, I, I really don't spend money on myself. Like, I would just reinvest it right back and reinvest and reinvest it. And it just got me where I am today. But I know if I'm at a point at my lowest, I'm going to hustle it back regardless, one way or another. So I was worried about it, but like, you know, you just got to budget right in that. That's all. So not, nothing too crazy. To build off something you said in the video that got me, it was how you move and what you do on, or how you base your action is on religion. Could you tell the, our listeners like what you mean by that? Yeah, so it's like, it's like the basic morals, right? Like, or the basic, you know, Ten Commandments, you know, don't steal, don't cheat, don't do that. And I just always did the right thing. It's, it's you know, doing the right thing at the end of the day. But if you really look deep in it, like everybody had different prophets, had, you know, different sayings and, and this, and, you know, I, I live by those things. And... The reason why is because it's first of all it's the right thing secondly it's like god said they're the most perfect example of a human being so why would i not want to be the closest example uh, of that you know so it's you know and uh, it's successful things and uh, everything i've done by it has never led me wrong and you know i just keep it pushing so that's what i mean by that yeah i think that's that's really cool that you you bring it up i'm glad Trent asked that question because you know, a lot of people, I saw a meme a couple of days ago. It was interesting. People say that it was a meme saying that everybody goes to church or they will go to church, but they no one goes to God or like goes to yep. that, yep. that area of what, what being a good human can be. Like, you yep. know, that's, that's really interesting that, you know, kind of base your life over that because being a good person in general, that's, that's amazing. Man. Literally, like people don't know the history. You know, it's like, if you really go back in the days, everything happened for a reason. Like, Back in the days, we were able to drink, we were able to like do certain things, but then people started abusing it. You know, people started doing unconditional things, and that's why they sent it, you know, down to like, hey, all right, we can't do this no more. You know, certain prophets were sent down to certain villages because they were doing something wrong. Like, you know, one village was very dirty. Like, no, this you can't do this because of this and this and this. And a lot of you know the scientific things that people are just now discovering. Like, we've been doing that. I don't know if you've seen any commercials, but like. Um, you know, the thing where they brush your teeth with the stick and it's like healthy and this and that. It's like, yeah, we've been doing that since way back then because we know that because it's written down there. You know, this stick in particular mixed with this is going to not only, you know, better than a toothbrush, but it's going to it gives you certain nutrients, this and that. You know, if you look into the top vegetables like this and that, like it's all there. We're just don't, you know, people are trying to reinvent the wheel and do it differently. But it's, it's really all there. You just got to pay attention and learn. Before we go or and any episode we'd love to you know one last thing you want to say to our audience a word of encouragement or motivation for somebody to keep keep grinding right 
There isn't really any words, right? I could speak about this shit all day. You ain't gonna listen. People aren't gonna listen. <laughs> so I was saying, look, go go back and uh, literally go back and read your Bible, your Quran, and um, whoever your top public figure is that you really, you know, is like your role model or whatever, read their biography, read, listen to their podcast, and um, and just do it. Literally, just do it. Whatever you want to do, just do it. Don't think about it. Plan it out and do it. That's that's my words of encouragement right there. Yeah, I, I guess if you want to say my words, I'll say just do it like Nike. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Plan it out Let's and do, do it. it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just grind, man. Just grind. And Hey, that's – hold on. That's dope. I'm, I'm, I'm writing that shit down. You're, you're writing that down? <laughs> Hopefully, I get no, credit. Like, <laughs> right, right Hangout talk somewhere in there that we, we, we helped with that. We'll be we'll be by your store, man. On the shirt, I love. I'm actually gonna work on that right now. Oh my gosh, I love that. Hey, man, this is we're expanding ideas. We just keep there pushing each other and helping each other on this grind. On this, that's how the best journey just comes through, man. Like you don't plan it, it just comes. Yeah, Watch, very true. Absolutely, man. And where could people find your store and find you? Where should we, our listeners go to to get your gear? Instagram on the grind shop, Twitter and Facebook on the grind one hundred. OnTheGrindShop.com Coming to Notorious at Aurora Mall um, We will be in the spring soon And uh, pretty soon we're going to be all over the country We got some things on the way But you know, you'll see you'll see it soon Real soon, inshallah Alright so, yeah. that, That's confidence No, hey There you go There you go And for everybody that's listening Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button And while you're there Please leave us a feedback on Hangout Talks On every podcast listening channels we also have everything linked in the description so that way you can find Victory and On The Grind Shop. And to remember to follow us on Instagram. Mine is Mr. Good underscore all. Mine's Peter underscore the suited marketer. And we look forward to hanging out with everybody on the next episode. Victory, thank you so much. Thank you for, you know, grinding away and still talking to us. Yes, sir. My guy, thank you. I'm about to send you this design once I'm done with it. Give me like 30 minutes. All hey, right, we'll, we'll all right. Oh, our audiences, right. listeners, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs>